Hello and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and discuss it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30am on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the debut full-length record from Philadelphia three-piece Control Top. The album is called Covert Contracts and it starts with a song called Type A. Because this is a band we saw in Austin this year, and they seemed like, oh, they're just you know a pretty good hardcore punk rock kind of band. They didn't quite rise to the top of the list, but they were one of those. Let's keep an eye out for their album. And but but it, uh, they were one of those bands that we didn't plan to see, but they were on the lineup at some day party we went to, and they their live performance was very engaging. The yeah, they they, singer, they got our attention. Yeah. The lead singer is like in a kind of like 80s power suit and this very... Yeah, she's got a very severe but not a very punk rock look. But she makes a punk rock with her attitude and that amazing voice. But to hear this album and they're coming out of Philly and so they're this punk rock band. But then they get a bunch of powerful Philly producers who've worked with people like Kurt Vile and Alison Crutchfield and I think priests. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, wow, it's really polished sounding. Mm -hmm. And so to have that intense punk rock energy, but I have it the studio sheen on it and it's pretty delightful mix. And that it's the song that's what, like maybe two and a half minutes long, if that, and yet they're tearing it up with these unexpected spins. Like I don't know what the verse is and the chorus is. There's just these different kind of figures. There's this fantastic bass lead in, this that guitar riff is so catchy. And then we have that little like 10 second long complete freak out going on and they're just making a lot of good use of a little amount of space yeah they i wouldn't say this album is particularly groundbreaking but it's very energetic and it's very it it has a really nice sound as you said it's it's got a lot of raw energy but it has such a smooth polish on it but not in a way that's off-putting it just seems thoughtful and well put together yeah and amazing momentum that carries on from this track to the next one we'll hear. It's called Chain Reaction.
So we mentioned this is a three piece. The three members are all owls. There's Ali Ali Carter, the lead vocalist and bassist, Al Creedon on guitar, and Alex Lichtenauer on drums. And the fact that they're all there are only three of them, and the sound sounds so the song sounds so full and also really tight. It just really speaks to the musicianship of these three people. Yeah, I think here we're really opening up the sound. We get to hear these odd guitar that like we hear at the end there, that kind of noise wall of guitar, and just the visceral attack of the bass is almost overwhelming. And that's balanced against this is my I think my first time doing the podcast where I'm listening on good headphones. Mm-hmm. And suddenly realizing, oh, there's these amazing vocal harmonies on that second chorus. And it's balancing, yeah, that visceral attack with what's really almost transcendent and pretty and just not what I expected. Well, I think her voice is very pretty. Like it, it, it's there's a lot of yelling and energy, but it's it doesn't feel like her voice is strained in a way that it could be. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah, she is clearly has a talented and skilled and gifted voice with I suspect some training and then to back it up with uh, her backing members are also coming in and just giving it that extra heft and it's just a wall up and on this song that has a certain sense of menace but also a sense of promise and I think they are you know suiting the time that things are a little scary but also a sense of well if ever there was a time to kind of blow things up (laughs) and so there's a there is a bit of a this like i would say anarchist slash revolutionary streak going on here it has very much of an anti-capitalist flavor and the light the wick as you know not light (laughs) the fuse for some reason pull the trigger like we're we're conducting a revolution and there's sort of a call to violently overthrowing the status quo yeah it's a it's a little spooky uh, a little scary but it's also a little inspiring and i think that that sort of universalism we go back to maybe a little more personal but i think with a political edge on the next song we'll play it's called unapologetic this is the breakup song on this album or that's how i hear it okay i that's how i because i hear it's like someone who stepped on her and basically made her life miserable and she's like well two two can play at that game and 
it's kind of a little scary that who's the bull in the china shop now will check out this spectacular cow it's like yeah a cow can also do a lot of damage and in a way that is kind of empowering and kind of scary but i that's how i read it was like oh you can play at that game and so it could be very personal or it could be about reclaiming power in the patriarchy like it could be both of those okay and is it crazy for me to see it as like it could be very personal or very like universally political no that's just not what i expected you to say <laughs> i assumed the only way to read it was as a reaction to the me too movement and i thought it did a very good embodiment of those that kind of rage if you're a woman who's been in the workplace for your entire career even though she's relatively young and just kind of this attitude of seeing these men sort of called to account and really nothing bad actually happening to them but at the same time whining that you know oh well gosh i i don't think i can mentor any female employees now because i'm so afraid of getting accused of something Yes, and I, of course, as a man, want to see it. Oh, it's it's not a universal problem. It's just a particular problem. And then at the end, I'll, I'll do a bear save by universalizing it, but still seeing it in those personal terms first. But so. no, that, but that's a good... I, I, I'm glad you had a different reading of it because it, it reminds us that all of this is our interpretation of what the uh, lyricist intended and we're ultimately just guessing. Yeah, but although I, they do on their Bandcamp page say, hey, this album is about feeling frustrated with capitalism and patriarchy. So they do kind of yeah, I mean, a little. Yeah, I, I think part of it is I was putting it in the context of this record not really coming across to me as being about personal relationships or much that's personal. It's much more about politics and anti-capitalism and revolutionary fervor. And so that is the gloss that I put on it. Yeah, I guess I, I'm in it. I'm looking because there's, I think, such a universal tint to the entire album. I'm like, well, what's one song that I could read personally? Uh -huh. and I think this is uh -huh. maybe the closest to that. Uh -huh. But no, they, they they mostly have their eyes on the big picture. Well, and I also think, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but doesn't count is a great line as well as it wasn't your intention, you say, to make me feel this goddamn way. And that was, you know, that's often a critique of men who get caught doing this and the response is, oh, I'm sorry, but I, I didn't mean for it to happen. And I yeah. didn't mean for you to take it this way. And I think we were just listening the other day to Dan Harmon, who gave kind of a very famous apology that I hadn't heard in its entire, entirety until they put it on This American Life in the context of something else. And you know, he had sexually harassed one of his employees and his apology was like a genuine apology of like, I did this, this was bad. Here's why it was bad. Here's how I could have handled it differently. And it was so impressive that it really cast a light on yeah. why don't all apologies. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Depressing that there are so few apologies that are that successful. But um, I think I'll, I'll choose to look on the bright side that her reclaiming that power be it personal, be it political, be it everything is is what I want to take away from this. And maybe one of the funniest lyrics on the album of Check Out the Spectacular Cow. <laughs> it's really delightful. It. So yeah. next on we go into another, I think, very political take and less less ambiguously political. It's called Straight Jackets. <laughs>
juxtaposition of unapologetic with straight jackets back to back because I think unapologetic is the most angry and punk song that's on this record whereas straight jackets is very almost dancey and it sounds it has a lot more of a new wave vibe yeah stole the words out of my mouth yeah the new wave <laughs> sound and the contrast in the guitar sound for mm-hmm. me is just the sign of how impressive this guitarist is that we had that very discordant and very um very kind of overtones stepping on each other and aggressively in your face and then here it's very pretty while still being aggressive and the different melodic takes and the drummer is able to maintain a a a blazing pace but they don't really get in the way most of the time yeah it's a the this drummer is very talented yeah so that's alex right Mm -hmm. yeah so i think this one's maybe a little bit on the nose thematically but it's also you know i think so urgent and Mm -hmm. it's really it makes itself felt in a way that i didn't mind it being just like yep uh, society is tough and you feel like you can't move and you just got to break out sometimes yeah i think I, I give them some leeway for being a little bit on the nose with a lot of these songs light the wick pull the trigger is a little bit on the nose for anarchy as well but they've got a thematic consistency going and they're trying to say something with this record and you get points for that in my book if you can communicate that in a cohesive way with an album yeah, it is for sure cohesive, and I think that cohesion, thankfully, is in ample evidence on the title track, which we'll hear next, Covert Contracts. from the Bandcamp page about this album title, which is, and I'm quoting, Covert covert contracts rule our world, manipulative relationships, encoded social norms, opaque technologies. With a covert contract, the trick is that the agreement is only known by the person who makes it. The other person is oblivious. Consent is impossible. A void of miscommunication opens up a world of misunderstanding. Okay, but I am a lawyer, so I feel like I need to... (laughs) interject that a contract is between two people who both understand the agreement is being made if it's unilateral and the other person doesn't know that there is an agreement it it's not a contract it's just manipulating another person yeah but what i what i come at it as i'm not a lawyer but just someone who's out in the world and on the internet because being in the world means being on the internet this in this day and age and 
uh, my sort of glib take on it. Like, oh, this album title is about uh, shrink wrap licenses, the licenses that no one ever reads and are dubiously enforceable until a court says they are enforceable. Right. But that that <laughs> the uh, quoting again, the trick is that the agreement is only known by the person who makes it. But there, you know, you're accepting the terms. You're just not reading them and you yes. don't know what's in them. But I, and that's what I think is that's the sort of and I said that was my glib take no, I'm on being it. nitpicky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But my glib take on it is like, yes, strictly speaking, as a lawyer, that's a contract. But then to think that there's this sort of layer and layer of there's the explicit agreement. But I think that, you know, that last line of the verse we heard, like it was built into the invention, this mm-hmm. notion of here we are in San Francisco, where the entire economy is built on this sort of embrace of the utopian vision of like, oh, if we just get the technology with as many people as possible, that's going to be great. It'll just turn out wonderfully. And we can just look at Facebook and a million other examples that, well, not really. And that to the extent that you are welcoming people into the obvious uses and then the side effects that are intrinsic to the technology or at least arguably intrinsic to the technology and you we as you know the first generations that are signing on to this contract without knowing what the side effects are Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of it's very scary because i think we're just at that this point where the unanticipated side effects are becoming apparent and the, you know, I think back to you know, being in college in the 90s and people think like, oh, this internet is great. Like there'll be the internet party, which will of course have very progressive and open values. Yeah, exactly. It was like libertarian, but with, you know, the, again, like, like the good yeah. kind of libertarian. And libertarian techno utopianist. <laughs> exactly. And instead what we're seeing is that, you know, co-option by the same power structures that co-opt every other aspect of power. Here's a lever of power and who's going to grab it. And so I, I think this time is especially fraught where these things are becoming visible and they are very scary. <laughs> I think that's a great reading of it. Yay. I also like uh, the musically, I like the way this song works and there are, her vocals are doubled in some parts and there's a little bit of delay pedal and there's some interesting effects going on yeah. that give depth to the song. And her voice is so percussive uh, mm-hmm. dun, 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 and yeah. it really just sets you on edge while still drawing you along. And I like how the chorus is her just shouting out and then the guitar responds and yeah. then she shouts out and the guitar responds. It's like a duet between her and the guitarist. That's a really good point. So it's going from here to a little more, I guess, less timely and but still universal. This next track is called Betrayed. <laughs> song with its triple pattern of betrayed by this betrayed by that but really betrayed by the third thing that just puts the first two in perspective Uh 
and it is very classically punk rock of here's just a list of things that piss me off but it's all as I said timeless universal things like the system is just not set up for you and all the people who say that they're out to support you are actually not including you whoever she's singing to is has betrayed her yeah and and it's very big big scope like betrayed by the future betrayed by the past betrayed by the present fleeting so fast which is a great little verse but it's kind of looking at these it's making these grand gestures to being betrayed by everything yeah and it's it is you know on an entire album that is very you know it's a little grim it's staring bluntly at the state of the world and not it's not great and that this particular song is there's no there's not a lot of hope here it's just i'm betrayed by this i'm betrayed by that there's nowhere to turn and then i'm betrayed by other things and it's just (laughs) it's it's really great yeah but musically it's very energetic and i like that it's got that high tone guitar line like we had in straight jackets which is oh the guitar work is fantastic yeah and i guess if there's any element of hope here it's that at the end of the chorus is this like what do you do when you're all alone which is sort of an implicit call for for solidarity like well we're we can't face this alone so yeah maybe together but that's got to really stretch for that and instead just have the feeling of anxiety and her rage to carry you through yeah i think the the flavor of this album is rage and anxiety and it's very minor key it's very fast paced there's a lot of anger and the vocals are very forceful and i think it fits well with the rest of the album i I think it can all be positivity otherwise it would seem disingenuous yeah but I think I am glad that as we come into the tail end of the album, there's at least a, a little ray of sunshine on the penultimate track, which we'll play next. It's called Prism.
What I love about this album is that I think of this song as the ray of sunshine, and yet it's this incredibly aggressive, almost metal guitar, some of the most almost metal drumming as, as we hear in that instrumental mm-hmm. bridge. And I mean, like, did they somehow have two bass drums? Like it sounds that intense mm-hmm. and just uh, super visceral. And that's combined though with some of this really upbeat, melodic singing yeah, in the chorus. Yeah, it's very celebratory. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I'm, I can be all these things and I can change as a person and grow. And it's this celebration of what it is to be human and that if you can keep learning and keep changing and being better and it's such a positive message wrapped up in this head banging package very minor key very aggressive well yeah and yeah so yeah her her vocals are super sunny both you know lyrically and just musically combined with very very dark and that that Again, when we go into that bridge and just na 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 na, hitting you over the head, mm-hmm. and you, I invite it. At least I'm not going to speak for you. I'm no, not going to speak like for it. our listeners, yeah, yeah. but it is. I think sums up this album that can be this angry and this aggressive and this joyful, and in its way hopeful, and just a demonstration of the power of art and also a demonstration that sometimes you, you see a band in suboptimal festival conditions and can think like, oh, these, these folks are pretty good. And then you heard the album and it, you can get blown away. And, yeah. And that's what I was here. Yeah. It's only 30 minutes long, 11 tracks. And it's just so such a brilliant burst of intensity that just kind of blows your hair back. And when you're in the mood for that sort of thing or you need to get fired up, I think it's it's that punk energy with the, just the right amount of menace and also a little bit of polish. Yeah, and- it's a it's a fantastic get pumped album where you're gonna feel unsettled but in a good way at the end. Yeah, and if you have a chance to see them live, unfortunately they came through San Francisco not that long after Austin. Oh, yeah, end of me- March. Yeah. Um, so they've already been here, but if they're coming to your town, definitely check them out because they have a very electrifying yeah. live performance. They, they, I think they are going back on tour. I just, I'm not sure their tour dates. All not right. Here yet. All right. Soon. So we've been discussing Control Top and the band Covert Contracts, and you've been listening to For the Record. Or, or it's the band Control Top with the album Isn't Covert Contracts. No. yeah that's the one um we're gonna go out with the last track which is called black hole and you've been listening to for the record thanks so much for listening